Hey, everybody. I am in between intros because I I can be conceited when I say this, but sometimes I listen back to some of my episodes or, you know, when I have to edit these because in this series, I literally have to listen back. But most times there are some episodes where I can just completely go straight through and I don't really care about my pauses or anything like that. I just go in and update it or just, you know, upload it. And I don't know, my intro sounds kind of stupid. <laughs> so we don't really have an intro, you know, it's kind of like, it just kind of sounded too jingly to me. I don't know, it just sounded kind of forced. But it's like my tag, I guess. We'll do it for the one time and see if we, yeah, screw it. <laughs> Let's just do it again, I guess. All right. Hey everybody, welcome back to my podcast, which is At the Corner of Peace and Mind with your host, Trinity Gwen. I mean, I guess it does have a ring to it, but I don't know. I just think too much. That's my problem. We're on to part three of high school storytelling, and this is the peak of high school. This is the peak because I was placed in the band that I wanted to be in, and it was great. And I was in it for the next two years because I love music I truly do but it's to a point where I didn't want anything to be competitive I wanted to play music for what it is and how it makes me feel and not for any sort of anything other than that you know I didn't care of how people thought I played and me playing a bunch of uh, in in front of a bunch of adults and you know them writing down how my crescendos were in this measure and my range and stuff I mean my range is good but it's just you know you get it you get it to the you know the athletes out there too you know you love the sport but you can't you know bring it to yourself to fully compete in college unless you have that drive but it was something that you just love to do on the side I don't know quite frankly if I'm going to be honest with you guys um (laughs) there have been a lot of times where I've been back and forth currently about my major and I love advertising yes that's what I'm going to school for but storytelling more so has been about you know the music and storytelling and that's what I love very deeply that's something that I've always loved um (laughs) so don't be alarmed I don't think I'm gonna be changing my major especially since I'm so far in, but that's not the point. It's, (laughs) I just don't want to forget about how much I love music and how that could be a career for me, you know? Um, And, you know, I didn't really want to go to school for music. I just wanted to be better by myself, by myself. I don't know. I've been talking for a while. I have been recording other things for other projects before I recorded. So it's, you know, this is probably the most I've talked all day, if I'm going to be honest with you. Because I was at work a couple hours ago, but I rarely talk. And you guys, I'm going to say this to you. When you go anywhere, any store, and you're wondering, like, hey, I wonder where this thing is. Try. Nine times out of ten, your guess is probably right. I promise you, just at least try. Because so many times have I been at work where this just happened as I was about to walk back to clock out. I was on my way to the the back room. And this lady, 
she came up to me and she asked me where the specific aisle was and it was right behind her. She asked me, hey, do you know where aisle I-6 is? And I was looking at this. It was just in distance from me. And I literally pointed it to her. And she was just like, oh. Yeah, oh. Because it's like our store is alphabetically organized. You know, some the hardware stuff and, you know, home recreational you know if you're trying to fix your house it's all in one spot and they're all like eye aisles then you're in the toys I don't know what the toys are actually there might be L's I don't know all I know is electronics are like K's pet stuff is J and a little bit of alcohol is J too and it's just just think that's all I'm saying and it's Ah, it's so annoying. It just makes no sense to me because I have no problem with people asking me where things are. But if you, if it's like you just want to talk to me just because you see me walking to the back room, don't do it. Don't think about it because you're wasting me and your time. Ah, there was this other lady who asked me. Um, it was really weird. It was a really re- weird item because most times when they ask me. M- m- Mostly when I'm asked questions, it's mostly about food and stuff. But that then again, I usually have a knowledge already because how many times I grocery shop for people. If someone asks me like, hey, do you know where olive oil is? And I'm like, yeah, that's AA. I know it by heart where these places are. But all the other stuff, like when people want to ask me where hangers are I have to look it up like I know where the aisle is I just don't know which one it is so most times I'm on my phone searching the place up and I'm like it's going to be over there or I can take you to it so this lady she like I've never heard of this product ever she said like hey um do you know where what was it it was so stupid it was like She was like, do you have any, um, I kid you not, I remember, and this is exactly what she said. She was like, hey, do you have any salt for water softeners? And I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> I was like, pardon me? Like, I don't know what you're asking me. She was like, yeah, salt for water softeners. And I was like, I'm going to check on my phone and see if we even have that. Turns out we did, but it was in the garden section. And guess what she said when I told her it was in the garden section? She was like, in the garden section? That's what I thought. So why didn't you check? Why didn't you check for the salt for water softeners in the garden section if you knew if they were in the garden section? I think she was trying to prove a point, too, because her husband was right ahead of her. And she had asked me, and she was like, oh, that's what I thought. See? And she turned to her husband. I was like, oh, this is one of those things where men don't ask for directions. And when they want to go one way and the woman's like, oh, I know it's this way. But they're like, oh, no, just follow me. She was trying to prove a point. So she kind of ate him up for that. But <laughs> listen to your wives, people, please. Um, girlfriends, sisters, listen to the women in your, in your life. Because your pride is not that... It, it can't be hurt that much for you to be wrong for one little thing for salt for water softeners. Um, <laughs> let's see. 
I was just trying to make it a little bubbly for you guys before. Because I think the last episode, I haven't, at this point, I haven't edited it yet, but I have it recorded. But I remember getting right into it and not, you know, you know, giving you guys a little prelude of my situation. Um, anything else that goes on at work, people get the stupidest stuff. Um, I had somebody get... 15 bananas today and you know it's not the the biggest amount of bananas I've had in one go but just someone wanted 15 bananas and I was looking stupid because I had to put 15 bananas on the scale and the scale's not big enough to hold 15 bananas somebody wanted 24 cans of green beans and I was just like who is this for it was it was really something it was truly something and I'm just trying to think of other stuff that happens at work that just grinds my gears Uh, I think people truly don't understand that I'm working and if you're just looking here at a window shop I'm gonna get in your way because you're gonna piss me off if you're just looking at the peanut butter and wondering if you should get the peanut butter and it says on my handheld device that I need four jars of peanut butter. And I'm trying to be nice. And I'm trying to be a good Samaritan. And I'm waiting for you to make your final decision. But if we're sitting there for 30 seconds and you still don't know which peanut butter you want, I'm going to be, excuse me. I have to get this. <laughs> it just, ah. Uh. And it's even worse when someone asks me while I'm like in the middle of doing something. Like I... I'm not saying don't come up to me when you're asking me questions, but if I'm obviously occupied, if I have things in my hand, or if you even ask me about stuff that's on the opposite side of the store, do you really think I'm the only employee in a 10 feet radius? I'm pretty sure if you keep going down to where you want to be for this specific product I'm pretty sure an employee is going to be there to help you out why are you asking me why why are you asking me about like toilet bowl holders or toilet bowl heads you know like the door like little things why are you asking me that while I'm over in the snack cakes it's just oh and people I've gotten so many people that buy every single snack cake it's crazy it's the most american thing i've ever had to experience because i will go it's it's just it's like clockwork so every time i go over in the snack cake sections because it's in the same aisle as the bread and it starts off with zebra cakes and i'm like okay okay this person wants zebra cakes cool and then the person wants, they also want the zebra cake rolls. And I'm like, okay, I don't really think there's a difference between the cakes and the rolls. They're pretty much the same thing. One is just rolled up. But sure, maybe they want it for different textures. I don't know. Then they want the big pack of the oatmeal cream pies. I didn't even know we had the big pack still. I thought we just had the regular packs. Why do we need a big pack on top of the zebra cake rolls and the zebra cakes and... They want the cosmic brownies and they want the strawberry cheesecake rolls. It's so crazy, but no fruit in sight. (laughs) I am going to get into this because I can talk about that for a while. And we're on the last hour of me being here. So because I can be here until four, but, you know, it's like summer hour. So 
they close at four. But <laughs> let's get started. All right, so junior storytelling. This was probably the most peak of my career, like I said, because this was before COVID. This was just everything before COVID. And um, the funny thing is we had, excuse me, we had our last in-person performance. Goodness gracious, I keep burping. Our last in-person performance three days before the lockdown, like three days before the whole country shut down. It was crazy. I still have the um, the program because I felt like it was like some sort of relic that I can show my kids later because it was like, you know, things before this happened, things before this and all that. And I don't know. Um, but before we get into that, because there was a lot of pieces that played that I love so much in that one concert, there are some before. So we played, if you are aware of the song Dance Macabre, um, and you're like, what's Dance Macabre? And I played Dance Macabre for you. Trin, like, pull it up right now. Dance Macabre is French, and it means the dance of death. It's basically a French legend um, story of death that packs a fiddle and comes to play the night of Halloween, and it causes all the skeletons to crawl out. And it's an annual graveyard party. It's like a dance. That's why it's called the Dance of Death. So the story is just the fiddle that you can hear in the background. All of the skeletons are out of their graves at this point, And they're all having the same dance because it's a uniform dance. It's a very fun piece. And it's so sacred because it's only one night out of the entire year that they can come out of the ground and all meet each other and have this one dance. It's great. This piece is very, very old. It's about 500 years old, so it's collected more souls since then. Okay. <laughs> now we've got Sound Off March. The Sound Off March by, you guessed it, John Philip Sousa. Trim, let's get that suited and booted. Now, sound off, sound off, sound off doesn't really have a story to me for some reason. I just, this is one of those pieces where I really focused on the piece so I can play it right because the trombones had like a very, very pivotal part in this, in this song that I just wanted to make sure that I had it right. But if I can think about it, when I think, I guess now that I think of Sound Off, for some reason, fencing came to mind. I don't know. It just made me think of a fencing match. That's what I think of. But trims into the trombone. Something about trombone. Trombone's getting there. Big save makes it really bombastic. Trombones have a piece, or like trombones have a solo, it's really in your face. That's what I love about marches. Don't be obnoxious with the piece, with the instrument I love. Um, yeah, that's about it for sound off. <laughs> now, this, um, we can get into like the actual, um, we can get into the concert because there wasn't a lot of, 
a lot of pieces as much as the last two years. Uh, the reason why I didn't put all of the pieces was because I, in freshman and sophomore, there were pieces I strictly liked, but all of them I didn't really love as much as the ones I featured in episodes. So, um, again, though, we had to stop everything March 10th or March 13th, so we didn't have any more pieces to play in that year or just to fully having a concert. So, at this last concert that we had, we had... Ratatouille, Cédérique, Satik, or because it's by Eric Satie, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> the Symphonic Gershwin. Uh, if you have any idea of Gershwin, he has composed American in Paris and the most recognizable melody in jazz, which is Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, Trin, just play a little bit of that. Yeah, that's Rhapsody in Blue, if you were wondering, like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we played that. We played, what else? Because that piece had um, Ratatouille, Cédric, had Cédric. I really don't know that one. That one had about three movements. Yeah, and I had a total of four solos that night because... Um, the other first chair trombone was actually on a audition for America's Got Talent. So it was pretty cool. We got to see him on TV and I was like, oh shit, the entire, everything is on me right now. Oh my goodness gracious. And it was very fun because out of all of those four solos, I had four different mutes. Now we had a conversation about mutes a while ago. Um, in the first episode, but let me explain to you what mutes are. So mutes, with a lot of brass instruments, um, are able to manipulate sound. So they're all, they're completely different. They're ways that make the brass's color a little bit drier. It makes it sound like a harmonica, like the one that I told you a while ago, because I also used the Harmon mute at this, um, at this con- concert junior year. There's a straight mute. There's a pixie mute. Um, fun fact, they used a trombone with a pixie mute and a plunger. A plunger can also be a mute that people, people use plungers in jazz, if you were wondering. Um, it gets that, that wah-wah sound, but, um, trombonists have used a pixie mute and a plunger to voice the adults in the Charlie Brown specials. So if you're ever wondering, what is that? It's just trombone with a pixie mute with a plunger on top. That's it. I've done it before. It's like, it's kind of surreal when you do it. It's like, oh, wait, this sounds like literally like the one of the adults in Charlie Brown. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out all four that I use. I, I did use a plunger in the Symphonic Gershwin. Then I used uh, the Harmon mute. And then I used a straight mute. And then what was the other one? Did I use four mutes? I remember. I I have a my dad has a video of me from that night. Huh. Or maybe I did I did have four solos, or maybe I just had I know I had four mutes. I just don't know which one ones. I I just I don't know what the last one is. But let's um uh Ratatouille. 
all of the pieces were okay except for the third the third one was my favorite so um the third one is the march which is funny <laughs> so let's get that started I had my own recording because I my dad recorded this so we'll have the original recording of me I had my own solo and you can hear it so well so it's a trombone with a harmon mute Oh man, this was so fun. And then after it, I had to play it again, but without the mute. It was so cool because all of the, we actually had to, um, got to play with the freshman concert wins. So the, the piece, the, the ensemble that I played freshman year, um, we did a hybrid of that. <gasps> oh my goodness gracious, I forgot about Begin. I'm so excited that I remembered. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll play that later. But that's enough for um for the march. But we played um a good old Shostakovich piece um played with concert winds and all of us um played after Ratatouille the whole like overture of that piece cuz I like I said there's three suites. <clears throat> and we had to stay um stay seated so that concert winds could fill up the seats. And the trombonists next to me, they were like, oh, that was such a cool solo. That was a so great job. And I was like, yeah, you look up to me now. <laughs> but yeah, um, I forgot about Begin for Band. I'm sorry, we're going to have to backtrack a little bit because this was the same year, but it was before everything had transpired in that other concert. So Begin for Band was another hybrid performance with Symphonic Winds, my ensemble, and Wind Ensemble. That's like the highest in the high school. <clears throat> and Begin for Band is like, actually, just get it playing. So Begin for Band is like kind of like a bossa nova kind of beat. It's really, it's really nice. When I think about um, Begin for Band, I think about a country club. Um... I think about a country club a lot, even though I've never been to a country club. <laughs> but it's like, it's nice. I'm thinking maybe Florida or Panama. Um, pan on someone in a lounge chair. Towel boy is bringing somebody a, a sweet tea, a towel. There are people in the pool, you know, guys are talking girls are gossiping that's what I think about it's a really beautiful flowy I say this to a lot of pieces but it was just I don't know it's like it's like ah, oh, this is the song of the summer <laughs> yeah I can hear girl from Ipanema in my head with this song There's also pieces when I, I listen to them and I remember and I reminisce of how we played this song. I think about all of the 
parts of the songs that we worked so hard on like we had to work on more than other parts of the song and how great they came out in the end i also really admire how there are sometimes where a song isn't consistent but in a good way like there will be a a gradual increase in tempo or it will slow down and then regain its way back up later in the song it just sounds really good when i don't know when you can hear everybody at the same time like you can you can't no one's like like in this part right here that part ah that's like my it scratches a, a perfect part in my brain i don't know it's great <laughs> um i'm gonna skip to the end because this one this part of my of the song gives my head like brain fuzzies so great it's like the sun is finally setting it's like this country club has the best customer service ever are you come back soon so fun i had to there were some really really high registered notes in this song oh boy that was kind of hard it gave me gave me a couple headaches from sometimes all right um this symphonic gershwin we've got that i had a couple of um solos in there so we'll play it sure it's just um you know if you've watched american in paris it's it's like a play, but let's just just do it anyway. Get that set up, Trin. Symphonic Gershwin, or maybe I have to look it up on YouTube. I spelled it wrong. Oh, here it is. Perfect. So just like I played them before. It's great. I love Rhapsody in Blue. American in Paris just makes me think of someone walking down the street with taxis and busy streets. Um, cars honking their horns. Yeah, not too much about that. 
it's a really long song. You guys don't really want to hear all of that. It's like nine minutes. <laughs> so no, that's about it. Let's see. I'm trying to think that everything was, is that what we played? Let's, we can play Shostakovich. While I'm looking, you can have some cool elevator music of um, the Shostakovich piece that we played. We actually worked on this piece for a long time and had a workshop on it. And there's a lot of times where I would be third chair um, and you know, I was a little shy and it proved my teacher's point because the workshop person or, you know, cause he used to work at our school. He would just come in and critique everything. He'd be like, I need more third. I need more third trombone. We say that loud too. And everybody would like turn around at me. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Thanks. I will be much louder. Thank you. So listen to that while I look and make sure everything's cool. Okay, well, I think I think that's actually it. We did have a, a crystal concert piece, but that was um, arranged by one of our teachers. So there's no there's no recording out there than what we listened to when we were in class. So there's nothing out there for it. Let's see. Should I leave you guys off with a good note? You, should I should I should I storytell Danza number two? Yeah, because I do have a lot of a lot of pieces lined up for the finale. So let's get one of them out of the way. So let's go ahead with Danza number two, Trin, your favorite. So we might actually, uh, it's, the piece is nine minutes, but we're going to, you know, go back and forth. So, so Danza number two is a story of a kingdom that invites all of the princes to come and you know, it's that thing. It's like a debutante thing about who will get the princess's hand in marriage. So for them to see all of her suitors, they come up to this ball. And it's a masquerade ball. Now, for context, before we get into the big parts of this song, um, there was a time where the princess was very happy. And she had this guy friend 
um, that was the son of, you know, um, the maids, you know, the son of, you know, the workers, the cleaners of the castle. But the king did not like that she hung out with him. She was her most spirited self with him. They were best friends. They grew up together. But she did not like that. Um, and the king sent them away and she never found them again. So we're at the we're at the ball now. And she does not like all of this at all. So she signs and she's in the span of this is the span of five men. So she starts with the first one. First one's nice. The first guy's cool. He's trying to be safe, you know. He doesn't want to blow it. You know, he doesn't want to blow it with the princess because he will be royalty. He could be. It's steady. It's, you know, it's nothing really. It's just it's fine. It's one of those um dances that once you're done, you kind of pass it off to the other person with your hand. It's one of those dances. That's why I was giving you context of the time frame. So now the second guy, he's boastful. He's just like, he's very cocky. He's like, you know what? I already know that I've got this in the bag. So he's very Gaston. If you're trying to like think of it, think of Gaston. Think of just the most, the just any frat guy in this part. Just big headed in general. The princess is obviously uncomfortable. She's not being, you know, he's leading the entire time. She's not following at all. Like she's basically being like pulled around at this point. She's not having a good time, but the king likes him because he's got spunk. But the queen doesn't. She's just like, I just want my daughter to be happy. I want her to find love, but I also want her to be happy. They're still dancing at this point, if you want to know. <laughs> like, he's just, he's basically trying to take up the rest of the time because he's like, I don't know why you guys are still here. I've already claimed her. This is mine but she has not claimed him either so another guy tries to you know may i cut in but the guy is like oh no and they both kind of get into like an open argument like oh who do you think you are i'm i'm prince of such and such and such and such like he's a well-renowned the the boastful prince right now is like talking about how who he is and how he's he comes from diamonds and rubies and the other one is just like well i'm just a normal prince and she has no idea who he is you know she's gone through the long list of suitors of who will be there but she has no idea who this guy is this new guy who tries to dance with her so she kind of butts in and she's like you know what we'll come back to you prince of everything let's talk let's talk to let's talk to the new prince give him a chance you know she tries to like you know she tries to gas him up so the new guy and they start to dance it's completely different from the second and the first it's like it the dynamic is completely different and they're dancing together and it's they're 
one. They're one unit dancing now. No one's leading each other. They're just, they're following each other's lead, actually. And it's kind of unspoken at the same time. And she starts talking to him and she's realizing she has this like this small familiar feeling. And when he's talking to her, he's just like, you really don't remember? And he's, she's just like, I'm confused. And then he has like this one joke that she that he calls all the time and she remembers. And then like flashback to them dancing in the field. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is the guy. This was my best friend. This is him. They we're panning back and forth from the from when they were kids to now. And everyone is so locked into their chemistry. The prince is like, ah, uh, whatever, whatever. But the, the queen is like, this is him. This is the one. And the king is like, ugh. You know, that sort of thing. And she's happy, but she doesn't want to make a big thing about it. And she's just like, but you're not a prince. And he's like, yeah, I'm not. But I got my way in here because it is a masked ball after all. You know, I thought of, I had to think about everything, you know? I had to think of the plot. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's the thing. But we're already six minutes in out of the nine. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll stop that. But that's the main story. So, yeah, I hope you guys like that. Um, I really think about all of my plots. That's what I do when I listen to it because I listen to classical music so much because, after all, it is my favorite genre. And I am fully, I'm at full capacity of my voice. I, it's all scratchy and fried. <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoyed this or enjoying the series so far. Let me know what you guys think about it. And I hope, you know, it makes you think more a little bit about classical music and makes your mind wander in a good way. But yeah, I love you guys. Stay strong. I'll see you soon. Stay strong was my my message, by the way. Stay strong. <laughs> okay, bye.